Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Hump Day, and welcome to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And before we get started, first of all, if you want to find out a little bit more about the Stand Your Ground stuff, tell your family and friends, bring them on, send them the link, or you know, give them the phone number, whatever you need to do. Uh, if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. But before we get to that, I am in mourning still over the closing of Bed Bath & Beyond. And unfortunately, y'all, today is the last day. If you've been hoarding those coupons, today is the last day. And the funny part about it, this tells you, I guess, about their money management, um, unfortunately. Uh, went to the mailbox. And there's a Bed Bath & Beyond catalog and coupon. <laughs> okay, so um, if you got one, uh, you, this is the day to use it. So anyway, we got to get to more serious matters. We've got to get down to the real nitty-gritty about Stand Your Ground. And um, Kevin Anderson, civil rights attorney with Anderson & Welch, is back with us to, to give us the 411. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning to you. I'm doing great, and I trust that you are also fine as well. I am blessed. I am wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. So tell us, and we talked a little bit about it. We touched on it briefly last week. What's the real deal? What's going on? Well, thank you for taking time to uh, give me time to speak with the listening audience concerning a very uh, important topic and one that is in the news uh, pretty much every week here lately, uh, the standard ground issue, that is the, uh, the use of uh, violence uh, towards another person for a number of reasons where uh, the uh, individual using the violence feels threatened. So, uh, you know, we, we've had the Missouri incident, we had the Texas incident, and the New York incident. And all of those uh, particular cases center around a person's use of force. And so it just, it just seems appropriate uh, to explain the standard ground provisions and the self-defense provisions, which uh, appear to be why these individuals who have been shooting people uh, have done so. Uh, so uh, we talked about Ralph Yarl, uh, the young uh, teenager who was uh, picking up his, his uh, two brothers 
and uh, he went to the wrong house. And uh, he was met uh, by the homeowner, a uh, elderly man who shot him through the glass door. Uh, reportedly, he shot him in the head, and uh, we're hearing he shot him in, in another place. Some reports indicate in the back. Some reports indicate in the arm. Uh, but we know that uh, there were there were two uh, injuries that uh, this young boy sustained. The uh, the shooter uh, was arrested. Uh, he's since been released on bail, and uh, at this point has been charged uh, with uh, two felony offenses of assault in the first degree and armed criminal action. We are hearing a buzz, self-defense, but not stand your ground uh, in that particular case. And uh, people are, are asking, like, hey, listen, what, what, what goes into the ability to defend oneself? How is uh, the defense of yourself from a stand your ground defense? Uh, break it down. So that's why I am here today. <clears throat> okay. So um, if you if you want to wind me up and let me go, that's great. Uh, stop me at any point. Uh, gee, um, you know how we do. So just just you know, um, I'm going to keep going unless you tell me to stop. <laughs> so um, I, I have I do have a question, and I was going to get to it later, but I might as well go ahead and ask it now. Okay. Outside of my property that I own, that I pay mortgage or rent on, what is my ground? Who gets to claim my ground? If we're both, for example, uh, and I, like you were saying, this kind of began with, uh, you mentioned last week, Trayvon Martin, um, and you know we've seen other cases. Uh, there was one, I think, in uh, on the Gulf Coast where there was uh, an incident and both of the parties were at a convenience store. Mm-hmm. What, what's mm-hmm. my ground? Okay. Who, who gets to claim divisions. it? There are divisions. Um, being in your home, there is a separate provision. Being in public, there is a separate provision. And then there is a catch-all. Also, the states get to determine whether these uh, allowances are a matter of law that you can rely on or not. For example, uh, in New York, there is no standard ground law. There are only 38 states that have adopted statutes which uh, have codified the standard ground provision. So um, typically – there is uh, the right to defend oneself where an individual believes that uh, the use of force is necessary to stop injury or death to yourself or another person. And the reasonableness of one's belief is subjective. It's not objective. So um, that is uh, a matter that when it happens, winds up typically um, in criminal court and in front of a jury uh, to determine whether or not uh, the, uh, the, the the use of force was was reasonable or appropriate under the circumstances. Now, if, like let's say for example, like you picked out the, the Gulf Coast incident. I think you're talking about the four the four young young women who were shopping at a store, 
and uh, two of them. Uh, this happened in, let's see, that, I believe it happened in Texas. Yes, it happened in Texas. Um, they, this is a, an event where two uh, young ladies went to the wrong car. And when the door was opened, what happened was that they, the one who opened the door realized that um, they, she was at the wrong vehicle. She saw a person sitting in. She quickly went to her own car. And um, at that point, the person who was in the vehicle got out and went over to the car that uh, contained the girls and shot uh, five times or so into their car as their car sped off. Um, only one of the girls was critically injured. The other girl was grazed. Um, in that particular case, that's a little different. That's a little different because um, he pursued them. And in addition, uh, that took place in public. It took place in public. Uh, so a whole different application. You know, Texas has a, a rubric that, uh, uh, that uh, doesn't afford him the ability to use the underground defense because he actually – pursued the people who he shot. All right. Okay. So, so okay, so, yeah, I, I, I did want to mention that case, but the one I'm thinking about is um, this one happened at a convenience store um, here in, in Florida, uh, I want to say in 2019. Uh, I think the guy got uh, – I don't know if he got 20 years. This happened in Clearwater. Um, yeah. He claimed. Yeah, I remember. Do that. you remember what I'm talking about now? I do. It was like an older guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. somebody might have been homeless or something like that. I, I, well, I kind of do remember that. Something. Yeah. I think he was convi- con- supposedly uh, the the guy that got shot or whatever was protecting his girlfriend. Right. Yeah, he shot right. and killed the the. the Man who's African American, um, yeah, he uh, he supposedly was uh, protecting his girlfriend and the other guy, um, I can't pronounce his name, Michael Drake, Draka, yeah, Dredka? yeah, Dredka, Dredka, Michael Dredka, yeah, yeah. So okay, all right, that's, yeah, but he, that's he, the one that I was talking about. Um, you know, they're both at the convenience store. Okay, neither one of them owns the convenience store. Yeah, whose ground is it? No, 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 no. Florida's liberal. See, the standard ground uh, ability um, or defense, I'm going to say, is something that can be utilized in Florida whenever you feel that uh, you're in jeopardy of serious bodily injury or death. And uh, and some of the most ridiculous cases have arisen where uh, defense lawyers have used the defense, and, uh, you know, the defense has been rejected. And in that particular case, uh, that was all on video. I remember it was, a, uh, it was at a convenience store, and uh, I, the two men got into an argument. And you're right. They were uh, – the argument actually was over the use of a handicapped accessible space. And uh, there was a woman there. Um, and ultimately, the, uh, the 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 individual that we mentioned, Michael Dredka, he he uh, he shot a he was he was white. Uh, the person who he shot, as you said, was an African American man. He fatally he 
fatally shot him, and he was unarmed uh, because he believed that he was in jeopardy of being hurt or of being killed. Um, and uh, it, the defense was totally rejected, and he was convicted, and uh, now is in, in the Florida Department of Corrections doing a uh, prison term. But, you know, the, the whole definition of, of, of the ground, like whose ground is it, you know, I, I, it doesn't have to be on anybody's ground. It just, you know, you, you just don't have to retreat. Now, let me just draw a distinction here. Okay, so there is self-defense, and then there is, stand your ground, okay? So self-defense allows a person to use lethal force or, or even non-lethal force where it's necessary to prevent the use of force against you or if it's deadly force to prevent death or serious bodily injury to you or another, okay? The stand your ground defense, however, this has the same component, the only difference, is that the burden shifts to the government to prove that you should not have used that level of force. So that's the distinction. With self-defense, you have the obligation to go forward to show that circumstances existed where you had a reasonable belief of serious bodily harm or death. For stand your ground, however, you, ha- you don't have to, to prove anything. You just have to raise the defense and then the burden shifts to the government to, to now uh, prove that you did not have the ability to use force. You with me, G? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. Like you said, it's, it's very liberal. Um, and, and, you know, my question, especially because uh, that the, the case in Clearwater is kind of one of the ones that really kind of got me because it's, you know, one minute you're shopping at a convenience store, next minute your life your life is gone, um, and it just seems like you know any old excuse to to just shoot at somebody. Um, there's another case uh, where the person and I've I've done it. I probably won't do it again. Uh, person got shot just pulling into someone's driveway to turn around. I don't know why I want to yeah. say it's in New York or something like that, but but go ahead. That, yeah, yeah, you're right. That that happened in uh, in New York, um, and uh, this was a a woman and her boyfriend. Um, and actually, uh, the boyfriend was driving the car, uh, and uh, they they uh, accidentally turned into the wrong driveway. They were looking for a friend's house in in upstate New York, and. Uh, when they discovered that they were uh, at the wrong location, they turned the car around. Uh, the homeowner, uh, with a shotgun, he uh, opened fire on the vehicle from his porch uh, and fired two rounds, and he struck her and killed her. Um, and um, in his particular case, he's, he's out of luck. New York does not recognize the stand your ground defense and has no stand your ground law um he is charged with second degree murder and uh, he's going to have to show some degree probably of a hybrid of the self-defense and stand your ground um, philosophies known as the castle doctrine okay now the, the, the castle doctrine pertains yeah to i keep one hearing about home. that yes yes <laughs> okay that pertains to one's home. And essentially it, it, it states that 
you don't have a duty to retreat uh, when you're confronted by intruders in your own home. Uh, so uh, it's similar to stand your ground in that there is no ability, no requirement that you retreat, um, and it also uh, gives you the ability to use uh, lethal force because of where you are. Um, and um, the the only issue is one of reasonableness, reasonableness. But um, that is a that is very liberally construed, very liberally construed. Uh, okay, so because my question is, home. my question is, is it in my home or is it on my property? Because there is a difference. You know, you get within the walls, you're in my home. Okay, that that's different than being on my property. You know, so say right? ye. So say ye. No, that, no, that isn't right. <laughs> oh, uh, really? No, there's something. That's right. There's something known as the curtilage. Okay, the curtilage is a term which uh, uh, pertains to the area that is contiguous to and surrounds your home. And in some states, we define that area as one which has to be enclosed. In others, we just define that area as the immediate and contiguous area adjacent to to the home itself. Like, for example, your driveway, your porch, um, the swell has even been, in some states, uh, found to have been what's known as curtilage and therefore uh, subject to the castle doctrine. So, um, no, you don't have to be inside. You, you certainly don't. Uh, you have cases where people go under the, um, the, um, the car porch and confront individuals like, you know, little old ladies getting out of their car with their groceries. And it's, it's, there's n- it's nothing for someone to kind of lay in wait for these people before they get into the house and they come out, hey, stick them up, you know, as soon as they get out of their cars. And you know, force is used to defend uh, themselves. Um, that certainly uh, would have the uh, you know the, the castle doctrine uh, exception uh, to the use of force applicable. I think. Okay, and so what, for example, makes me differentiate between one day I just may you know I'm I'm you know in bad shape or whatever. Not you know, not a hundred percent, not not feeling it or whatever, and the garbage man comes on my property. How do you differentiate between okay today you know he was there yesterday, but today day today I feel like I want to shoot him because he's on my okay. property. Like an accident. All right, you know you, you, <laughs> you go outside and and like you said you have the garbage man who spend a little bit more time, or maybe you came on another day you know, um, after a hurricane, they, they sometimes you come the next day. And you're mm-hmm. not expecting it. You hear this noise out back. It's like pre-dawn, and he's just getting a jump on things, and you go out with your gun, you see him, he sees you, and you squeeze the trigger, you shoot him and kill him. Um, like, you know, can you say, ah, I'm standing my ground. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> reasonableness <laughs> is, is imported into in Florida, the statute. Um, and right. what happens in Florida is, is there is a mini hearing, and it's called the Stand Your Ground Immunity Hearing. And it takes place before the case even uh, goes to uh, a criminal trial. And uh, uh-huh. the motion is filed. It's a motion to dismiss. Uh, and at that hearing, 
uh, witnesses are brought in, evidence is, is heard uh, or seen, and um, the court makes a decision as to whether or not the uh, uh, you have uh, uh, sustained your burden of shifting the burden to the government to then uh, overcome what you've said in order to kick it into a criminal case. And the courts oftentimes criminal trial mode, but if they don't, then you go into a criminal trial mode and you can use the same defense in front of a jury. So you get, you get another bite at the apple when it comes to uh, these defenses in Florida. You get a couple. So um, in some states, you don't, you're not afforded that opportunity. You have to do it all in one fell swoop. But, you know, accidents do happen, so, gee. And, and, I, and I guess that's what you're really saying is that how, how do you distinguish between an accident and, uh, you know, something that needed to have been done? Uh, because the person was really trying to, to hurt you. Um, so the, the reasonableness is imported into all of the statutes, all of the statutes. You just don't get to do it because, like, a three-year-old mm-hmm. is, like, you know, you know, stumbles into your yard, and you just don't like it, and you decide that you're just going to blow, you know, the kid's head off. That, that's not mm-hmm. going to cut it. It's, not, it's never going to cut it. Because um, so, um, that's what a lot of these ahead. sound like, you know. I, you know, I don't want you in my yard, you know. Um, and then I want to go back to the y'all case for a minute because what I want to ask is they didn't ex- – well, I guess I haven't kept up, but when they first talked about it, they said there was some sort of racial component, um, but they didn't specify what that was. But my question is, if that's the case, are there also hate crime charges to go along with that? They're probably – uh, will be a consideration, um, but as, as of now, I, I really can't see that happening. Because my understanding is that even the old man's relatives um, said that he wasn't too fond of black people um, and um, that he was, you know, sort of a curmudgeon. And, you know, he, he um, um, it was known to, to have, uh, you know, these uh, racist tendencies, let's just say that. Um, and, and I haven't heard what happened, you know, whether as he was shooting through the door, someone in the house heard him yelling racial epithets or whether, you know, he, you know, before it happened said, Hey, I just, I wish they would come to my house. One of those, one of those, you know, black people in our square house, I'll blow their heads off. Yeah. I, I don't know what the racial component other than the fact of one being white and the other was black. I mean, if that's the component that they're talking about, I don't think that's the racial component. So I, I don't know. Well, I don't either, but like I said, they're the ones that brought it up, but they didn't specify. So if you're going to bring mm-hmm. that up, then it looks like to me if you're adding that component into the occurrence, then it looks like you would also add a charge. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I would think so, that, that you would. Um, but, but, you know, we're early on at this point. We'll see what develops. Um, he's an older man. My mm-hmm. thoughts are that this guy is probably not going to get the full um, brunt of, of the law. Um, and I said right. on the last show, you know, you know, somebody's, you know, you know, pulling on your door, um, and yeah. you know, you show up and you know, you shoot because you you, you reasonably think that there might be an intruder. Um, you're gonna you, that that makes for a fairly good trial, 
Um, who knows? I don't know whether the old man could see, whether his vision was impaired. I don't know whether it was dark and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. his vision was limited or how, you know, forceful the pull was. I, I don't know. And, and that's yet to be seen. But I think that he's probably going to be the, the most leniently treated out of uh, out of all of the uh, – uh, he's out on bail. Nobody else is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know yeah. in, in the whole scenario, so the rest, everybody else, man, no bond. <laughs> no bond. Uh, in fact, they let mm-hmm. him go the first day when they took him in for questioning. You know, they spoke with him for a while. They let him go home. And then after the uh, they decided they didn't want to file the charge, then they gave him a $200,000 bond, which basically required him to post 20000 to get out. And he probably didn't post that. He probably posted a, a percentage of it and is now making payments to the bail bondsman, you know, to satisfy the, the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or, fam- or family chipped in. Yeah. Yeah. Family chipped in. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. But um, but we I've been watching that case uh, big time because that case involves uh, a civil rights attorney um, who's uh, been making appearances and, and making some statements. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little different. That one's a little different, you know, because we've got uh, not a municipality, not a law enforcement officer or an agent from the government. We have a regular citizen shooting another citizen. And a civil rights attorney somehow getting in where he thinks he can fit in. So I'm, I'm, I want to I want to check that out to see exactly you know, what twists and turns uh, that particular uh, case takes, uh, you know, in the community and also uh, if and when it gets to a civil uh, court. I kind of want to ask you about a, another case we touched on, uh, kind of on a cur- cursory capacity, and the last time we talked about a woman who received a call from a man who, I guess, sitting outside of her yard threatening to shoot the first person that comes out the door. Do you recall that? Yeah, the Maine, the story in Maine, I believe. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if he were to have stepped on her yard and she shot him, would she be justified? I think, yeah. She because she was threatened. Her, she and yes. her family were threatened. Yes. yes, I think that now he's made an overt uh, good on what reasonable people may think is uh, uh, activity to either harm or kill them. Um, and I'm not sure whether Maine has a. Stand your ground provision. Give me one second. I'll look at it right now. I'll tell you. I, I, I well, looked I'll tell at all you what. We'll do. Stand your ground provisions. I'm looking at it right I'll now. Let's see. Maine. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and sure. we're going to let you look at look at that and, and anything else you need to look at. And we're going to come back, and we're going to invite okay. people. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516 Three eight seven one nine four four. We're here talking about stand your ground law. We're here with Kevin Anderson, civil rights attorney with Anderson and Welch. This is Steve's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will, we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you. With over 40 years combined legal expertise, 
Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are talking about the Stand Your Ground Law with civil rights attorney Kevin Anderson. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So what did you discover about the Maine case? Sure. Uh, Maine does not have a Stand Your Ground Law per se. But Mm -hmm. Maine has... The Castle Doctrine Law codified. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and uh, Maine also has a law which um, kind of is a stand-your-ground surrogate, uh, and it's the use of force in defense of premises provision. And it is only applicable, and this is deadly force. You can use deadly force to terminate a criminal trespasser or a trespasser who refuses to leave after they've entered your premises. Um, so they would be able to use deadly force if the person entered the property, um, and particularly if they entered the dwelling. There's a whole other provision for that. So, yes, Maine, Maine does have the provision to use force to defend your, yourself if it's the home or the curtilage. We call it the castle doctrine. It operates very similar to stand your ground. The only difference now is, you don't have that burden-shifting provision that the standard ground statutes have imported within them so that all you have to do is just say, hey, look, this happened, and now the government has to now kind of show that it didn't happen. Um, so um, you, it would, in Maine, the defense would operate just like the affirmative defenses in every other state. You, just, you present it, and you have the burden to go forward and to prove your own affirmative defense as the person who used the force. So with all this light being shed on the Stand Your Ground law, do you foresee any um, possibilities where they might modify it? Or, you know, what do you, what do you think will happen with it? No. No, I think it's going to get stronger. I think it's going to get stronger. Um, really? Because, yes, absolutely. And, in fact, in Florida, now with the uh, legislation that allows uh, individuals to carry firearms without background checks and without uh, licenses uh, in order to carry these firearms uh, in a concealed capacity. Um, now you're going to have a lot more incident, in, in, incidents, and you're going to have, uh, unfortunately, a lot more people who look like you and me uh, mm-hmm. being, uh, being killed or being wounded um, and invested interest to protect those who kill or wound us. And I, I hate to say that, and I, I sound like such a pessimist um, and, and, you know, and almost a skeptic, you know, when it comes to things getting better. Um, you know, when I was doing the research, you know, in preparation here, I, I, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, for the cases that we even talked about today, the shooters uh, were not black. The shooters were white um, and, at best, a Hispanic white. And one victim uh, was black. 
so it looks like, by and large, what we see in the media and what, what we see happening is uh, violence, and I'm talking like firearm violence uh, from mm-hmm. uh, white people, okay? So mm-hmm. um, it is my belief that there are two types of justice, um, and it's the justice that G and Kevin get, it's the justice that people who don't look like G and Kevin get. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going there because I think what I'm saying is correct, and I think that the, the stats show it. Um, mm-hmm. And if the, if the roles were reversed, if you had gunning down folks because uh, a white person accidentally you know, pulled on your door or accidentally drove up your driveway or, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason, you know, came to your car in, a, in like Walmart's parking lot or something and, and then, you know, you chase them down, these, you know, you know, cheerleaders and you start shooting indiscriminately into a car. I, I would venture to say that um, we would have a different take on things. Um, I don't know how different, but it wouldn't be the same. Uh, that, that's just, that's, that's what I think. Okay. Um, so um, I think it's going to get now I know. Now I know we didn't get a chance to talk about this too much earlier, but what I would like to know, and maybe we can, you know, we'll probably be addressing this again. Um, and how many uh, times in these particular cases are you seeing a mental health component for the um, shooter it, it, that, maybe something was, wasn't quite right with them. You know, I, I, I can't give you numbers with any authority. Uh, I can, I can kind of tell you what I, what I'm reading and, you know, what in my, my years of practice I've seen. Um, okay. It, it happens enough to be uh, concerned about it and to make a correlation uh, it may be a slight correlation, uh, but there, but there is a correlation uh, with respect to mental health and the uh, and the, the use of deadly force at times. Uh, the exceptions are where it happens in the home, um, you know. And I'm talking about the streets, you know, you know, where where you know you got two two people who cross paths, you know, in a public place, and then there's you know a brandishing of a weapon and then a discharge. I think that's where you're going to find your, your mental health uh, components going on. And then also with someone who's unarmed and they're mentally um, distressed and a person who has all of their faculties trying to defend themselves from the person uh, who is suffering because of, of some mental uh, health impediment, uh, that, that also is, is you know, something that, that has to be taken into consideration as well. That happens a lot, you know. And I, I know you've been there, and I, I've been there, where we're walking down the street or we're in a public place, and, you know, there's, there's someone who's, you know, maybe talking to themselves, like, really, really loudly, and they're, like, making these noises and jumping around, and then they get pretty close to you. And you're thinking, like, all right, now. <laughs> you know, you just, you know, you kind of watch them with one eye, and you take a step back, and you're thinking, all right, because at any moment, man, they could, they could think I'm whoever it is that they're talking to. And, you know, here we go. You know, so a lot of that happens, and, and a lot of people are, are actually killed in those types of encounters. Well, I mean, these days it's kind of hard to tell because, you know, you're thinking a person is, is talking to you or, you know, or talking to themselves, you know, and they may 
laugh out loud really, or, or say some expletive or whatever, and they're actually talking on their phone, but you don't necessarily see it right away. That's the part that's, that's been kind of scary to me is like, you know, it, you know, at first you look at them and it's like, oh, and you have to realize, oh, they're on their phone, you know, but yeah, that, that has had, that's occurred a lot since people have started walking around with their, their, um, you know, earpieces or whatever with their, with their phones. Sure. 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 I was in Washington DC about a month ago and, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I caught the, uh, the Metro, which is basically a subway. Uh, and, uh, when I went down, you know, underground, there were some people having conversations with, uh, folks who are things that weren't necessarily there. And, um, you know, I was probably about five feet away from this one guy and he, he actually walked over to me <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, you know, I, kind of, I grew up in that area and I, you know, I, I didn't get alarmed. It kept cool. And, you know, and, uh, and I said, Hey man, how you doing? And he looked at me, <laughs> he didn't say anything and he just walked away, you know, and I, I had to deescalate it I, because, well, it probably didn't require de-escalation, but before I was going to take a chance, I wanted to engage so that, you know, he felt like I wasn't, you know, afraid of him and that, you know, I wasn't treating him like I thought he, you know, he was going to do something crazy mm-hmm. for me at all, you know, yeah. Um, but, um, hey, hey, what comes to mind, do you remember Kyle Rittenhouse, the, uh, the fella in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, who mm-hmm. uh, crossed uh, into Wisconsin uh, in order to, quote, help out, unquote, uh, the uh, businesses and the police uh, that were, right. uh, the businesses were under, I guess, siege <laughs> mm-hmm. during the civil protest mm-hmm. after Jacob Blake was, uh, was, uh, was shot. Um, and okay. the police, uh, I guess, didn't look like they could do their job. You know, I, I'll just say mm-hmm. that. So this, this kid, he was 17 years old. I think he came in from Illinois, and he, he right. uh, had an AK-47, and he, he, you know, crosses the line, parked, and he's walking down the street, um, you know, playing, you know, vigilante or whatever it is he thought he was doing. And he wound up. Thought uh, he was in a video game. <laughs> I don't know what he thought, where he thought he was, but he killed two people. And yeah. uh, he and he wounded another person. So um, he used a self defense slash hybrid stand your ground defense. Mm-hmm. He sure did. Uh, he sure did. And I, I watched that happen. And uh, and and you know that's one of those examples of if that would have been you or me. Mm-hmm. Can you try it one day? You know, let Kevin Anderson get a, take an AK-47. Get the AK-47. I could just take a handgun and walk mm-hmm. downtown Miami or downtown Orlando, for that matter, okay, mm-hmm. because I'm trying to, quote, help the police, unquote. And uh, for openers, they're not going to even let me walk past them with a, a handgun uh, and uh, and then direct me to some other place. They're going to probably put me on my face in two seconds flat. Um, but in his particular case, they let him go. They let him go, and he he, he got into the thick of things, and then wound up, uh, you know, shooting the gun and killing two people and and, uh, and injuring another person. Uh, now you know now there were skirmishes and things that that happened, which he justified as a basis for having to to shoot. 
uh, the, the two men who were killed. But um, the bottom line is that um, it, it goes to prove my point. There's the one that, that you get and then the one that I get. Um, and I'm not saying you. I'm not talking about people who look like you and me. I'm talking about people who don't. Um, so I don't think it would have gone the same way if uh, Kyle Rittenhouse would have been a black person uh, doing no. what he did uh, no. under the circumstances. I just don't. I just don't. You know, call me the task on it, folks who are listening, but I, I just don't. No, you're you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, I, I've been in enough situations in my lifetime where um, even when I've I've been, let's say, because of my name <laughs> and also, you know, because I, I know uh, – good phone etiquette that I've been spoken to in certain ways until, you know, and, and you know, I guess treated um, fairly, treated kindly or whatever, until they find out that I'm an African-American woman, you know. And so, it, yeah, and, and yeah, the scenario this does change. You know, it, it's unfortunate, but yeah. Sure. But, it changes. That has happened. Yeah, the, our own uh, representative, well, he's not my representative, but he's from Florida, a uh, guy by the name of Matt Gates. Uh, I know you've heard of him. Um, yeah. This, gosh, man, this guy offered Kyle Rittenhouse an internship. Um, uh, he did. And uh, uh, also, uh, who else? Uh, another, an Arizona representative offered him an internship as well, and so did a North Carolina Representative, and so did uh, Lauren Bobert, the uh, the little lady from from Colorado. They all offered him internships in like recognition for what he did in defense of property and in the the um, application of Second Amendment principles. If you can believe that, mm-hmm. um, and, and actually, there was legislation introduced into Congress, man, to to give. Kyle Rittenhouse, a congressional gold medal for what he did. Uh, Martin mm-hmm. Taylor Green <laughs> introduced yeah. the legislation. If you, if, I mean, it's outrageous, man. You know that that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me throw. I, I need to since I have you on, and since we're kind of talking about it, I need to throw some scenarios out to you. Um, and I because I, I already did one, but. You know, as you know, I, I'm a realtor. We go to these houses. Uh, we meet up with clients sometimes for the first time, you know, and, and they've kind of gotten us away from some of our bad practices for safety reasons, uh, trying to meet the client in a, a situation where it's out in public and open, uh, taking pictures of driver's licenses and, and stuff like that. Because we have had cases where realtors have gone to houses to meet clients and have been either robbed or killed. So in this day and age, am I justified to pack when I'm going to show a house? 100% yes. You are. Yes. Okay. And if you uh, reasonably believe that you need to defend yourself from the use of force, uh, which um, may or may not cause uh, physical injury or death, you can use that force. Um, You don't have to wait to take a blow to the face or to be shot or anything in order to shoot back. 
um, you know, the advice is to try to um, terminate the meeting if you mm-hmm. feel uneasy. Um, and if you're, uh, you think you're a, a weaker vessel in the, in the relationship there between you and, and whomever you're meeting, maybe uh, double up, you know, go with someone else. Um, right. You know, um, now, I, I, now it's dangerous. My, my, my addition to that question, I'll let you finish. It's not my house. It's someone else's house. Do I have to have permission to, and I guess with this new law, I don't, but I guess in the past, would I have needed permission to carry my weapon onto someone else's property? No, you don't. Okay. Uh, this is, okay. uh, you know, not a castle doctrine scenario. This is a, a pure self-defense, and it could move into a stand-your-ground scenario. Um, but, you know, if you're, uh, you know, packing, uh, like you said, with the new law that doesn't require a license to conceal the firearm, uh, you you can enter those premises and, uh, and do what it is you need to do. Uh, there, there are certain places where you just can't bring a gun. Um, and, you know, and we know um, uh, where those, those places you know, are, like the courthouse and, you know, an, an airport. Um, and uh, I believe you're not supposed to have a, a firearm um, when you're at a, a bar, you know, that, uh, a place that, that serves alcohol. Um, but there's a whole slew of places where you just you, you, you aren't supposed to bring a, a weapon unless you have a special permit to do so. But in your scenario where you're selling real estate and you're showing up on the premises for the purpose of showing or inspecting or something like that, you don't have to advise people that you're packing. No, not at all. Okay. Just asking, not necessarily saying that that's something I'm going to do, but just asking. Um, so uh, there are, there are, I guess, cases now or there's a school of thought now that says that our educators should be armed to protect themselves and students. Um, is is that any way related to stand your ground? What are your thoughts about whether or not our educators should be armed? I I don't think that uh, a a teacher or, or someone working in school other than a a, a police officer assigned for that purpose uh, falls within the purview of the stand your ground with respect to a firearm. Um, you know you can stand your ground. Without, without a firearm, by the way. It, it does not just pertain to, that law doesn't just pertain to shooting someone. Uh, you can stand your ground uh, with, uh, with uh, other means or by other means. So um, with respect to a firearm, I, the, the teachers um, at this time are not authorized to bring uh, those, those uh, weapons onto campuses. You asked what my personal opinion was and is, uh, I don't believe teachers should be uh, in that position. Uh, they're there to teach. They're not there to serve as uh, armed uh, security. Uh, you know, it's, we're taking it too far. Uh, my belief is that we've got a, uh, a, uh, a, a police force or a sheriff's office or actually in, 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 in Palm Beach County, we have the uh, Palm Beach uh, School District Police. It's a separate uh, agency or that can 
and, and does patrol the campuses, and they're there all the time. Now, it's only one or two of them, but if we need more, we need to get more. You know, you, you just aren't going to just train these teachers to, to be these, uh, these armed defenders uh, by, by night and teachers by day. It's, it's, just, that's, it's just impractical. Um, it's just impractical. And not only that, it's an accident waiting to happen. You know, these students mm-hmm. uh, are uh, not the same as, uh, as, as they may have been years and years ago. They can disarm mm-hmm. you. Um, or an accident can happen, and, and now, you know, the gun could be discharged, and uh, now we've got liability issues going on. Uh, and not right. every teacher, and not every teacher has the 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 ability to to handle that type of uh, responsibility. Um, or some desire. people have other or, or desire. You know, there there are reasons why people don't you know to handle firearms or to even possess a firearm in their home. So what are you going to do? Are you mm-hmm. going to just override those, you know, those uh, those principles in order to to you know just put it in their hands or in their possession? So so I am against that. Okay, and and, and I am too. I mean, I, I think our teachers have more than enough on their plate. I mean, I think maybe just some basic self defense or basic, um, just like you teach them about fire drills. Maybe just basic drills in terms of what happens with an active shooter is on a premises. But in terms of you have the, you know, any type of mandatory training with uh, a weapon, I just don't think that that's proper or appropriate. Um, and that's why you say, you know, I, I agree. You need to, you know, have, have the metal detectors if you need to have the, um, you know, if you want to have drones around campus or whatever, I'm, I, I would go along with that too, just to kind of you know survey, you know surveil the the area, um, you know what, whatever you need. But the the teachers themselves do not need to have that responsibility because they have enough trouble um, going back and forth in terms of what they are able to teach or not, you know, and making sure that the student gets what they need in terms of an education to pass, um, pass properly. Uh, from one grade to the next, and and all of that type of stuff. There's there's already more than enough. So I agree. I, I, I agree. What about um, healthcare facilities, hospitals, doctors' offices, um, those types of things? Are you saying should the, should the physician or the physician staff uh, be authorized? to uh, possess firearms or or a patient? I guess, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't think we want to, I, I don't think we want the patient uh armed, but no, I'm I'm thinking about, you know, maybe, you know, at at should there be a firearm maybe at a nurse's station or something like that, you know, uh or, or secured away somewhere, should there be should there be access? Um I know some of these healthcare facilities do have security um, and do yeah. have, you know, uh, I guess the metal detectors and all of that. But should there be, be uh, you know, those that type of fire, you know, firearm maybe uh, on the premises for them? I'd be more inclined I mean, to, to be okay with that than a school because you're not dealing with a, uh, with uh, children uh, exclusively, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, 
think, yeah, I'd probably be okay with that. But I don't really see the need for that because we don't have those types of incidents happening happening at like healthcare facilities unless you know you're talking about these these abortion clinics or something like that, um, Planned Parenting centers or something. I mean, there was a time when that was an issue. Um, yeah. You know, um, but um, well, you know, you just had the incident recently with. Um, the woman who shot her husband and was supposed to shoot herself um, and created yeah. an incident. Um, yeah. That, yeah. That's what, yeah. So anyway, go ahead, yeah, please. But, that, that, that's, but that's an anomaly. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Stuff like that isn't so uh, frequent until mm-hmm. we need to start making laws, you know, to deal with it. it that, 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 that's so rare. Um, yeah, but but I'm okay. I'm okay with with the doctor or a nurse, you know, bringing a, a firearm. Um, it's it just uh, I don't think they would want to, you know. But uh, if I'm fine with it, if, if they if they if they want to do that, I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with it at all. Okay, so what do you foresee happening now? Um, it, you know, we we have the senior ground law in Florida, and now we have. Um, was it concealed to carry? Uh, I think that that's what it's called. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But um, you're able to, to not have a permit. Um, does this also uh, take away the thing about where you keep your firearm in your car? You know, I'm, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> I am waiting okay. for that. You know, the, two, the two-step provision, you know. Um, mm-hmm. where your, your your gun has to uh, has to uh, you have to go through some changes to get to it. Um, so, and so far, um, I you know, and I think that the legislation. I got to go back and look at the legislation. The legislation does address certain methods for uh, carrying the firearm. You know, in places. Uh, for example, uh, like at polling locations, you can't do it there. You can't do it at sporting events or, um, you know, I already said an airport or a federal uh, building or um, certain private uh, establishments. So the, the statute does address that. But with respect to a car, um, I need to check that out because, you know, I, I, um, I hadn't thought about that. And, uh that is going to be an issue because you know we're not we're not walkers. We drive, you know. We drive everywhere we go. So what are you going to do with the gun now? You know, now that we don't need a permit to carry it, now that we don't need a background check to buy it, um, like so, how does that impact our ability now to stow it away when we're going from place to place in our motor vehicles? So I I don't know. I you know I, I don't know. I hadn't, hadn't actually thought about that. You know, in the, in the context of the stand your ground provision. Um, when the current administration changes on the state level, do you foresee anything changing with stand your ground or um, the carry permit or lack thereof? You know, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. I, I thought about that this morning when I was watching the news, and I thought, you know, uh, when <laughs> when our present uh, administration leaves, and if it's replaced by, um, you know, let's say a Democrat, and the houses shift power, um, I, I could just see a wholesale cascade of all this stuff that just changed going back, 
Um, and concerning the guns, absolutely. I think background checks in Florida are going to be uh, um, something which will be established and, and imposed uh, pretty quickly. There'll be some legislation, I think, to challenge uh, that will go through the court system, you know, the state, and then, you know, through, through the 11th Circuit. Um, probably won't get to the Supreme Court um, in order to delay things, you know, um, for the change of the guard to happen again. But um, I do see, I do see a change because I, I just don't think people want open uh, uh, access to firearms without background checks. And uh, the the concealment of firearms by everybody, I just I just don't I, I don't see it. I mean, uh, they want to keep them, they want to have them, but but mm-hmm. to just let anybody get them, and 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 everybody gets to walk around with them all the time. Um, I think even even when people say that they're, they're they want that, I think in the back of their minds, they kind of feel like ah, uh, with exceptions, you know, that kind of thing. So no, I, I see change. Yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, because I know personally for me. I want the background checks. I want thorough background checks. I want mental health checks. I mean, because, for example, I've been stalked before, years ago, was stalked by someone um, someone who lived above me. Their boyfriend uh, stalked me. And, you know, all I need, and he was eventually Baker acted. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all I need is some loony man that is obsessed with me to have access to a firearm if I don't respond the way that person wants me to respond. I I just, I'm not for it at all. Kevin, Hmm. thank you so much for taking the time. I know we probably had some other things we needed to get to with regards to stand your ground, but I'm sure we'll be talking about it again as, you know, some of these other cases, unfortunately, occur so i look forward to having you back thank you i look forward to uh, coming back and thank you all for listening this has been g's power hour on never had it so good entertainment i am your host g be well be blessed be safe tomorrow nfl draft we will be talking about that with uh princess cooper and others so make sure you stay with us tomorrow and have a blessed day please remember all real power comes from god take care